Welcome back to another episode of Let's Have a Sip. I'm your host, Sean Drinks. The Rambird side, ladies and gentlemen. How are you doing? Doing well, my friend. How about yourself? Good, man. Just chilling. I hear you. I hear you. Oh, yeah. Getting ready to pop open this. Uh, I just got this the other day. It's Woodford Reserve Masters Collection. I've never had it before. But, I've never uh, had it either. So I was looking at it a second ago. And it says batch proof. I have never heard of that before, but so I looked online. I don't know if this is exactly what it is, but um, I I think they have like different um, proofs for this specific uh, bottle. So I guess okay. they bat- batch them, or I don't I don't know. I'm I'm super green when it comes to all this stuff. So, but uh, look pretty cool. So Master Distillers. Chris Mora, so hopefully this doesn't suck, Chris. Because if it does, I'm throwing it away. But not really. Nah, this man, is, listen, it. I'm it's kidding. a Woodford, right? It's a Woodford. So Wood, Woodford's always so good. So you can't go wrong with that. You're gonna have a hard time going wrong there. So I, I don't think it'll be going in the trash anytime soon. <laughs> I like um, to talk a lot of shit. So <laughs> uh, for me, I, I poured me a a small glass of Weller Antique 107. So um, you know, I'm a I'm a big Buffalo Trace Distillery guy. So anything I can get my hands on from them, I'm happy with. Oh yeah, no doubt. And I, uh, I have the hardest time trying to find 107 in Dallas and I had to hit up, a, uh, well, actually it was more so my fiance. She hit up, um, one of her girlfriends and her husband just so happens to be into bourbon as well and found a, found a, uh, pretty decently priced, uh, 107 up in Atlanta. And when, when I say decently, it was a hundred, like about a hundred dollars. Like okay. you can't, I mean, you just can't find it for the, like, under a hundred dollars anywhere and if you can then kudos to you i guess yeah the last bottle i got a friend of mine picked it up for me and 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 it was 70 bucks he just happened to run across it and i was like man but grab it for me um you know just because bourbon at this point in general has just like exploded everywhere um so you know like the i think the secondary market is getting a little crazy for for what some people want for some things um but you know if you can get it and enjoy it at a decent price that's all that matters i suppose yeah, yeah, no doubt. And so there is a, I, I don't know if I was talking to you or someone else about this. It may have been someone else, but there is a liquor store. It's a chain. It's called Specs, And I'm pretty sure it's probably just exclusive to Dallas. Okay. Because I'd never heard of it until I came here. I'm pretty no. sure it's a family owned and operated uh, liquor store, but it's just like Total Wine, just like a okay. mega, mega, mega warehouse. But um, there's a specific store here in Dallas where they just drop some good stuff like and it's consistent as well it's not like they just get like one bottle of like for example russell's 13 which they just dropped yeah. a couple of, uh like a week ago or so and i may have mentioned that to you as well i was in line waiting to get uh to get that bottle because like if you find that it's probably going to be like six hundred dollars and i can't yeah. justify can't justify paying that much for a bottle no but, no, no, no. <laughs> but like they sell everything in msrp so it's like nice if you can get your hands on it like you i mean sweet so and for realistically up here like um you know where we're at in tennessee man like everything is so allocated um that it's just it's hard to get anything like everything is a lottery and you know so a lot of guys are are bottle hunters what i call them like they they go out of state different places and they find it and they're like oh i'm buying as many as i can get and i'm taking them home with me so um, you know, luckily I have a, a good network of friends that keep me in the know of decent bottles. And if they find one, they grab it for me as well. And, you know, we, we, we trade back and forth. I won't say I buy it from them because, you know, we, we trade other things per se. 
Yeah, yeah, I feel you, man. So I, I know we were talking a couple of weeks ago, uh, and cause I've been trying to get you on here. My schedule is kind of weird. Your schedule is kind of weird. I think yeah, we had to sure. reschedule reschedule like three times or, or whatever. But it's all good. We're here now, ladies and gentlemen. So absolutely uh, glad to be here too. So. I know you said you started your own, and correct me if I'm wrong, but your own insurance agency, correct? Yes. Okay. So you want to kind of speak on when you actually started that and what that's all about? Um, so let's see. I, I started it in November of 2020. Um, so we we were actually living in Tampa, Florida. Um, the pandemic hit, you know, and it was just me, my wife, and the kids, and we were in Tampa, Florida, no friends, no family, no nothing. Um, pandemic hits, and we realized like how much we really missed everyone we loved. Right. Cause up until that point, we were able to travel whenever we wanted to. And, and, you know, we could sneak home on a weekend and come up, see family, friends, whatever pandemic hits. And it's like, no, you can't go anywhere, see anyone, do anything. Made us realize like, okay, we don't want to be this far away. Um, so my wife said she wanted to come home. And I, I told her, I said, I have one, one caveat to that. If I go home, I'm never working for anyone else ever again. Like just, that's it. I'll, I'll do exactly what you ask of me. We can go back to Tennessee, but I'm never working for anyone else. Um, and at that point I had worked for Liberty Mutual for a couple of years, um, worked for State Farm a couple of years. And I, I felt like realistically um, as a younger guy in a, in a career field that predominantly older people dominate, you know, the average insurance agent is like 62 to 67 years old. I figured I could do it a lot better as a young guy for people in my dem age demographic. Um, so she agreed and we, we blew our savings to, to start the thing. And um, here we are two years, almost two years later uh, and Burnside insurance group is thriving and um, you know, doing really well, actually. Um, I'm actually in my office today doing the podcast because my wife and, and kids are, are rude sometimes. And they wouldn't care if we were talking or not. They'd just be in the background like, who are you talking to, dad? Like, what you talking about? <laughs> so, you know, come to the office, have a drink, have some good conversation. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And uh, would you say you were drinking? Uh, Weller Antique 107. Okay, that's right. God, it's such a good bottle, man. Yeah, I, I only, only have one of them. And I just, it's it's one of those things where like, if I get a bottle... I'll drink it. Like, I'm not going to like let something. Yeah. So you're almost done with it for everyone watching. Yeah. It's almost empty. Yeah, um, it's, it's almost gone. Yeah. So it's, I'm not the kind of guy to just like buy a bottle and be like, I'm going to collect this and never open it and let it collect dust or yeah. whatever. Like I, I I'm going to open my bottles. I'm going to drink them. And I, at some point, if I know someone that appreciates bourbon, I'll let them try some. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'll, let, I'll, I'll let it, I'll let people like try it just to, just for the shits and giggles. Like, like, cause I want to get other people into whiskey as right. well, but like it's hit or miss really. But, um, no, I, the, uh, it, it's hard for me to like, kind of like really get closer to finishing bottles. If I can't find another one, I'm like, I don't want to. Cause you keep buying them. That's why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been, I've, I've been on a spree. Well, within the last like two months, I haven't really been kind of like branching out and buying a lot of different bottles, but like, dude, this weekend I was just like, you know what? I'm going ham and I'm buying right, a lot. Right. So because I sent you a couple of pictures, like I got you all this did. stuff. So some good bottles, man. Some good bottles too. Well, the problem for me is I, I, I have two loves. So I, I love bourbon, but I also love cigars. Um, so I've got two really, really nasty, um, you know, like enjoyable <laughs> habits, I would say, and they're both fairly expensive. So uh, you know, collecting bottles, smoking cigars, uh, you know, it, 
it can run you down a rabbit hole pretty quickly. So my wife is like, you got to alternate, man. Like one month is cigars, one month is bourbon. Like you can't do both in the same month. I'm like, you're right. It got, got to a point where I was spending a pretty penny buying, you know, high-end cigars and, and high-end bourbon and looked at the bank account one day. I was like, yeah, we can't do that. I own a business. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> That's one thing I never um, – well, I'd like to get into cigars more, but I haven't really kind of dipped my toes into it too much. I'll have the occasional cigar, stuff like right. that. And, you know, I've heard of brands that are pretty decent, all that mm-hmm. stuff, and um, you know, Romeo and Juliet. Is that – I don't yeah. know if that's – yeah, Romeo and Juliet. That's kind of one mm-hmm. I normally kind of gravitate towards. Um, okay. It's pretty good. I don't really understand exactly what I'm tasting when I'm smoking it, but, like, it's so right. I have friends that like they can go down the line and they're like, even with bourbon, they're like, oh, I can sh- taste the, you know, the oak and, you know, I can taste the chocolate. And I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't get all that. Like, I can tell you this one is more enjoyable than the last one I had. Um, now, there are some cigars and, and different bourbons that really stand out. Like I said, anything from Buffalo Trace, I'm in on. Right. Um, a lot of stuff from Heaven Hill Distillery I'm in on. Uh, but there are those out there that I'm just like, mm, not my thing. Um, as far as cigars, you just got to kind of figure out your palate, man. Like, do you, do you like stuff that's, you know, um, light? Uh, do you like a medium body, a full body? Me, I, I came from smoking cigarettes, which is a horrible thing. Um, so I ended up gravitating a little bit more towards, you know, full body cigars. So, um, you know, things that are extremely strong and, and, and the other reason I like extremely strong cigars is because they pair well with bourbon, right? So bourbon tends to be a little hotter on the, on the palate. Um, so the cigar tends to cut it a little bit for you. So I, I smoke something, you know, fairly heavy and drink something fairly heavy. Most of the bottles I own are over a hundred, probably more around, you know, the 110 proof mark. So um, today I'm taking a little bit more easy, but most of the time, you know, that's why I pick the cigars I pick. Uh, so, you know, you just got to find your own thing. Like uh, Romeo and Juliet is a great brand. Um, I tell you, if you like them, I probably look at like Arturo Fuente. Um, yeah. I think you'll, you'll find a lot of stuff there. That's one of my go-tos. Like right now I'm on a binge of buying Opus X cigars. Um, get as many as I can. Because uh, I, I guess I call my friends bougie, but I guess I'm getting there. Because I like my average cigar cost used to be like $8 to $12. Now it's like 19 to 25 um, You know, so, which is why my wife was like, bourbon or cigars, alternate months. You can't do both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that, that- that's uh so Opus X is like if I mean that's like top of the line cigar from yeah. at least from what I've heard. That's yeah. uh so I mean, how how much does a stick normally go for Opus X? So it depends on which type of stick you're looking at. Um, you know, and there's many different Opus X out there. Uh the one I like to try to get my hands on is the Opus Fuente Fuente Opus X double corona. It's you know, yay long, like it, it's a full stick and it runs 30 bucks. Um I had a friend bring me some back from Panama City just recently and they were 35 a piece, you know, so they they're running up the cost of my my humidor pretty quickly. Whereas, you know, on average, they used to be eight to 12, which I still have those. I just, you know, got into a group where we were able to get them more readily available because somebody's always traveling somewhere um, that they're available. And we ended up just really overbuying. So now I'm kind of trying to pare back a little bit. But yeah. You know. Yeah, so you, so you said you're in a group. Uh, so Koei Cigars is what you're talking about, correct? Yes, yes. So, so that's that's actually where we smoke. Um, that's the lounge we go to quite often. The we um, we have a small little niche group that uh, we call Whiskey Wednesday, 
Um, so it's about eight to 10 of us that we get together every Wednesday. It's more than just Wednesdays now. Like we, we got together last night as well. Um, but Wednesdays predominantly, you know, you bring a bottle or a couple of bottles um, to share with everybody and, and try new things. So you always find something new and exciting on the table. Uh, some, some real rare stuff. Like we were just talking recently, um, you know, one of the guys that I wouldn't say he's necessarily in the group, but he's, he frequents every once in a while. He showed up with a, you know, 1994 bottle of OFC, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember if it was 94 or 99 at this point. Um, too much to drink last night. But either way, it was a great bottle, very expensive. Um, you know, Pappy 23 has showed its head multiple times, Pappy 15, 10, all of those things, you know. So um, it, it's a fun group to be in, uh, enjoyable. You know, we, we probably indulge a little too much, but you know, we enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, enjoy you're enjoying life, so it's all Absolutely, good. Absolutely, man. All the way so, to the So you said the OFC was, so is it, was it Andy Peters that showed up? Is that who you're talking yes, about? Absolutely. Yeah. It was Andy Peters. Andy Peters. You know, he has so many bottles, man. Like just, just happy to be, you know, a small part of his little circle to, you know, enjoy those things every once in a while. Yeah, dude. He's got like, so, I mean, if I ever see him like, you know, doing like a live stream or something and he's like in his office, I guess his office is like where his, um, where his spirits are at. And he, I mean, he's got, if I'm not mistaken, close to like 2,000 bottles. That's yeah. a could be a little bit more than what it actually is, but it's a it's a lot. It's right around that number right now. If I'm not mistaken, um, you know, like it's a lot of bottles, man. Like, and, and it's it's a beautiful collection. It's not just bourbon, right? Like he's he's got everything you could potentially think of: tequilas, rums, you know, everything under the sun. Um, but I mean, phenomenal guy. You know, his collection is phenomenal, and I just appreciate him dropping by and sharing with us. You know, so. Um, but that that's the culture, right, of bourbon and cigars. Um, yep. If you find the right people, um, you're always in good company. Uh, you know, political views and religious views and all of that good stuff goes out the window. You just enjoy a good bottle of bourbon. And, um, you know, if you like our group, a good cigar to go with it. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, I know that um, Luke, um, Luke Jones. Yeah. Yeah, he's. I think he said he's been going in there quite a bit. I'll, I'll holler at him every every once in a while, see how he's doing, and uh, so we, we we drug Luke down the rabbit hole, man. Like you know, he he used to just come and hang out, and and now he's you know sipping a bourbon here and there, and 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 having a cigar, you know. So he he made his first order online of his own cigars, and like you know, we we helped him out, giving him. Gave him a, I think somebody gave him a humidor. Um, you know, of course, I, I tossed him a cutter and a lighter. Like, man, you can't use that thing you got. Like, here, you need, you know, you need something decent, brother. Here, let's get you, get you in the club and, and get you rocking. So we love him to death, man. And he's he's jumping down that rabbit hole, unfortunately, and he don't know how to go back. So yeah, because uh, I remember he was like, yeah, I had my uh, first whiskey or whatever. I don't remember exactly <laughs> what he said, but I was like, you had your first whiskey. I think that's what he said. It was first whiskey, first cigar, or something. I don't remember. Yeah, but, yeah. And I was like. About time, man. So, and I was surprised that he was like, yeah, I've been going up there like every Wednesday. I'm like, really? Like you just, the other day you were like, I don't really like drinking, but. Dude, he's, he's an OG now. Like Luke in there three, four times a week at this point, he there more than I am. And I was like, uh, <laughs> you know, I used to be there, you know, three or four days a week, but my schedule's just gotten so busy. I, I can't be there that often, but Luke is, he's holding it down for the group, man. Like he's, he's there as often as he can be. Uh, which is cool because everybody loves him, man. Like he, he is definitely a, a a great part of the group, man, and, and makes it more lively and fun. So, yeah, yeah, no doubt. And he has like a very like prominent voice, just yeah. like very deep. So it, it stands yeah. out. So when he actually starts talking to you, you're always kind of like if he's not talking and then he talks to you, it's kind of a oh I forgot, you know, like 
how deep and you know big that voice is when it comes out of them. So yeah, so no it, doubt. Uh, so so the OFC that uh, I can't remember exactly what that stands for. I think it's like old fine copper or something. Yeah, that's it. Okay, so so you said you had some, right? Yes, I've, I've had two different OFCs actually. I had an experimental um, that a friend of Andy's brought in that I'm closer with Will than I am with Andy, of course, because um, Will lives in Cleveland. He's a photographer, um, you know, and he's he's at the lounge every chance he gets as well. He brought in an experimental batch. Um, he put it in a decanter because he he didn't want us to know what we were drinking and and what it actually potentially retailed at. Um, basically, he used to date a young lady that was a family member of uh, Buffalo Trace Distillery, and he had two experimental bottles, put one in a decanter for us to try. And um, when it all came out, it was about a $35,000 bottle of OFC. Oh, my God. You know, so everybody's like, you know, we two finger pours, and he's like, yeah, go for it, man. You know, enjoy. And then he everybody's guessing trying to figure out what it is and one of our guys got really close and he was like yeah experimental OFC I can't remember what year it was but it was it was old and uh we started googling and looking it up and we're like oh my god like you first you can't get it right secondly if you could get it it would cost like 35 grand and uh you know he didn't just do it once he did it twice he, he brought it one time and a couple of people didn't get to try it so he brought it back again um you know and it's just Phenomenal group, man. I can't say enough about those guys. They they do big things for us and, you know, take good so, care of each other. Yeah, yeah. No, that sounds like it. So, um, so I know, I know price doesn't necessarily dictate if the bottle is actually going to be uh, good or not. Every, every, everyone's, everyone's palate's different. I can think something's yeah. great. You can think something like whatever I thought was great. It tastes like crap. So, I mean, was it like, I know that y'all didn't pay for it. Mm-hmm. But like, is it worth it? Like, if you were to be like, if you had the money, you're like, okay, I got 35k no. dropping. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> no. Um, was it good? Absolutely. I am just, I work in the financial industry, right? Like, you've got to get to a certain income bracket before that's even feasible. Like, you know, <laughs> so for me, no, not no, I'm not in that tax bracket yet. Um, for a guy like Andy, maybe, right? Like, yeah, you know it. Probably doesn't hurt for him to do it. Um, it's the same way I feel about like Pappy Twenty Three. I don't think it's very good. Like it's, it's the fact that you can say you've had it. Yeah. I'm just not a huge fan of Twenty Three. Like I, I think, for me, the ten year is is just fine, right? Um, Twenty Three just has a, a really distinctive taste that I'm not a fan of. Um, you know, but that's me personally. The yeah. OFC was very good though. Um, I don't want to like you know, say that it, it was, it just, I don't think for what that two ounce pour or that bottle would ultimately cost. I don't ever think I would be in a place where I would say, yes, it's okay to buy that bottle yeah. um, and, and feel good about it. Right. Like, you know, yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah, no doubt. Cause I mean, I I've had, um, I think I've had two different uh, types of pappy i had the 15 because everyone raves about that one so mm-hmm. i was like let me get a pour of that and then i've had uh the 10 year which mm-hmm. what is that rip, rip van winkle or yeah. something old okay. rip. yeah so had those i think the old rips like 90 proof and for me i just like higher proof stuff you know me both. it was i mean it was cool but i'm like 
I mean, Blanton's, you know, if you can find it for MSRP, cool, go with that. But if you can't find that, Blade and Bow. That's just, just, for me, just as good. But I agree. um, I like it. But uh, I forget where I was going with this. Um, Yeah, the fit. So I tried the 15, and like, I think I paid like $70 for a two ounce pour. Even that, that's. And like, I wasn't too, I wasn't impressed with it. It's more like, just like you said, just to try it because it's Pappy, you know? Yeah. So it's just one of those things. It's a brand. It's Buffalo right. Trace. And people go crazy for Buffalo Trace. Dude, so I, I don't understand the craziness that people will do to get, you know, Buffalo Trace bottles. But, you know, like I watched the documentary on Netflix of like the, the Buffalo Trace heist, you know, like where oh, you yeah. had to go to jail. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> people wanted it that bad. Like, uh, there are just there are bourbons again. I'm a big fan of Buffalo Trace Distillery, but there are other bourbons out there that compare very well and are very good, right? Like, uh, you know, I just I, wild turkey for me, right? Like, it's not the greatest, it's not terrible, but like for an everyday bourbon, I'm good with wild turkey, right? Like, yeah. long day at work, come home, grab a bottle of wild turkey 101. It's above the hundred proof mark. It's not phenomenal, but it's not bad. Um, and I can buy a bottle of it all day long for $22, right? Like, I'm good with that. Um, and then I also don't feel bad when somebody that doesn't drink bourbon comes over to the house. I've got that bottle that's like, hey, try this. If you hate it, then, you know, I know better than to give you something like, yeah. you know, E.H. Taylor single barrel, you know, like, yeah. so, you know, it, there's those things, man. Like, my collection ranges all kinds of stuff. So I, I really don't put price tag as one of those things that that makes it good or bad um, yeah you know. yeah for sure because it definitely i mean definitely to a degree it can make a difference but generally some i guess sometimes it doesn't really matter but right, uh, right speaking absolutely. speaking of, speaking of wild turkey um i had bought one of the this is one of my first bottles that i ever got um it's a wild turkey kentucky spirit the single yes. barrel yep um so i bought it I killed the bottle, so I, I finished it, and then uh, I could never find it again. And my buddy found one, and uh, I, I that, and then like rare breed. Oh my god, dude, rare breed, man! Like that's that's one of those one. It's always on the shelf, right? Like you can always yes. walk and get it. Like it, it tastes great. Uh, so it's one of those things. Like I said, it's just your palate dictates what you like, right? Um, yep. And price is not a good determining factor of a good bourbon. Uh, you know, age for me is one of those things that I, I look for, right? Like one of the first things I ask when people bring a bottle into to the lounge is how many years has it been aged? Mm. Like I don't want anything that's been aged like two years. It, that's normally not very good. Um, you know, so if, if you can get something that's like, you know, six to eight years old and you're, you're probably in good place with, with a bourbon, um, you know, so anyway, that's my philosophy behind it. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So uh, the guy that you said that brought in that OFC uh, uh, distiller experimental um, mm-hmm. bottle, so his his uh, name is Will. Is that the Will that's like the photographer that travels and does like bodybuilding stuff? That'd be him. Okay, yeah, I've uh, I think I may have met him once a while back at the Grid House or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually been messaging him back and forth on on social media, and I'm trying to get him to come on the podcast, but his schedule is very like it's nuts, bro. He's always on the go, and I'm like, I. He said he'll hit me up. I'm like, I'm gonna be patient. He's got, he's got a lot of stuff going on. So next time I see him, I'm gonna be like, yo, that's my boy. Like, yeah, do that for him. That's my boy. Like, you know. So when I see him, I holler at him. Yeah, yeah, appreciate that, man. So, um, I just, I just thought of this. So, I think so. It's very weird. Not, I guess, not weird. Just the world is 
weird how like things happen, whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, I met you, I think, whenever I was in like high school. Yeah, I think, bro. I yes. think you. I think you were working at AT and T at the time. And, I was. I was a manager um, for AT and T, and your mom was one of my clients, man. Yeah, my mom is. I love my mom to death. We love she, your mom, like she, my whole family. <laughs> she can be. She can be like. Like she's just a very like. Uh, if you don't know her, she can scare you a little, right? Like she, yes. she jumps, like you know, when she rocks with you, she just jumps out there and she's like, "I, I love you to death," or you know, or she'll let you know the opposite too. Because I've been in the room and watched her do the exact opposite. So, <laughs> oh. oh damn, I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, not, not not against me, but you know, just somebody she was not happy with, and and you know, she went Judy. She she did her thing. Um, you know, said so it, it was hilarious, but, uh, she's, we, we loved your mom so much. We invited her to the wedding and, and the whole nine yards, man. Like, uh, she was at my wedding, um, at the reception, we had a ball, you know, like, uh, love her to death. We still communicate now. Like my wife does her hair from time to time. Um, oh. you know, so like we father's day, every holiday she hits me up. So love Judy to death, man. Like, and, uh, we were actually talking, I told her, um, she liked a picture of me, like smoking a cigar and drinking bourbon. And she was like, you know, Sean, uh, you know, he does this podcast. I was like, yeah, I'm supposed to be on there. Our schedules just keep conflicting. And she was like, well, he must like you if he asked you to be on that podcast. And I was like, <laughs> well, I hope so. Like, you know, hopefully I bring some value to it, some shape or form, you know, like I know a little bit, a bit about something, you know, so we'll, we'll make it a good conversation. Yeah. Yeah. No, love you, mom. If you're listening. Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> no you. doubt. So, me too. <laughs> um, no, it's funny because I was actually at your wedding too, but I didn't like really know who were you? you were. I was because like, what year did you get married? Oh, uh, let's see. What year did I get married? Uh, oh God, I'm gonna get myself in trouble here. So I oh, celebrated shit. my eighth year anniversary, August 3rd. Uh, so 2014, 2014. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was there. Cause you did it at the, uh, old woolen mill, right? Oh, well, really? How did I, how did I not? Okay. I'm so lost, man. Listen, I well, had a lot to drink tonight. <laughs> a lot to drink. I did too. So it's all good. No, I, so I, um, yeah, no, I went to, I didn't really like, we didn't, weren't like on like a talking basis or whatever, yes. but like, I just went, my mom was like, Hey, you're going to this wedding. You want to come with me? Cause I think my dad was traveling for work or something. Yes. And I was like, Absolutely. I was like, yeah, sure. Cool. Whatever. So I went and, um, yeah, it was just random. I was at your wedding. So yeah, man, that's crazy. Small world for real, dude. Like, I mean, I knew we had, you know, we had mixed and mingled a couple of times, but I, I didn't realize you were at the way. Again, my wife scared me to death. My wife, I didn't think she was coming. Uh, you know, she was a couple <laughs> hours late and, and, <laughs> One of my boys had a couple of bottles of vodka in his little suit jacket and was like, she's coming. I promise. Here, drink this. By the time I knew it, I was like, where are we again? Like, <laughs> so, you know, it was a good night, though. It was a good night. Yeah, yeah, yeah no doubt. I, um, no, speaking of drinking too much, I went out to, uh, had a, a buddy of mine that came over and hung out with me and my fiance. Shout out to Max. Appreciate you, bud. He uh, <laughs> gifted me this, um, this Woodford Reserve. What is this? A distillery series, so I guess it's just something you can only get from mm-hmm. if the the, uh, the distillery. So, yep. and I was like, "Did you actually get this for me?" And I was like, "He was like, yeah, I fucking got it for you." What do you think? And I'm like, "That's so cool." So, because <laughs> I, I, I've never I've never been to a distillery before, and I would love to go to. I don't care what it is, if it's Buffalo oh. Trace, Heaven Hill, something. I just would enjoy that like that process and just going there and seeing like what it's all about. Gotta so, go up, to, gotta come up to Kentucky, you know, like that. We're actually. Um, 
me and the wife and a group of friends are doing it uh, end of September. We're going to do the bourbon trail in Kentucky. Um, Ellis. Like, dude, like you used to live here. So, you you know, it's four hours from us. Like, yeah. got to do it. Um, you know, so I, I haven't been to this point either. Um, but it, it's one of those things that, like, if you're a bourbon person, you got to put it on the bucket list, right? So, yeah. you know. I'm definitely I'm going September, so we're looking forward to it. We're also uh, we're doing a, a cigar event um, at the same time. So Drew Estate is uh, doing one of their big barn smoker events, um, and it's about 30 minutes to an hour from the Bourbon Trail. So we're going to go up the night before, do the Bourbon Trail, and then uh, do the two day cigar barn smoker event. Okay, so uh, Drew Estate, I've never heard of that. What is that? Um, so Drew Estate, they they make quite a few different cigars. Um, so they make all of Undercrown. Um, they make uh, a couple of flavored sticks like uh, the Leather Rose, Fat Bottom Betty. Uh, you know, so they, they make quite a few sticks, but they have one of the ones that are my favorite um, at the lower price point. It's called the UC10 All Decked Out. So Undercrown 10 All Decked Out. Um, phenomenal stick, you know, just great. But they throw this big event um, in like seven different states. Uh, so we're going up to the one in Kentucky. They just did one in Pennsylvania. They've got one down in Florida. Um, but it's like a, a three-day event. The day, the first day is like an all-out party. You get swag and free cigars, you know. And then the next day is you learn about their rolling and how they, they grow the tobacco, all that good stuff. So it's, it's a cool little thing. It's my first event. I haven't been to one. Um, and I'm, you know, eight years deep in the cigar game and I've never been to a cigar event. So again, business started doing well and I was like, all right, it, I can push back a little bit and, and do some things with the wife, kids and, and enjoy, you know, some of these fruits of the labor, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So that, that, that's great that your business is doing well, especially since you opened it up, like kind of, you know, during COVID 2020, yeah. Yeah. 20, 2020 is a blur for everybody. Well, at least for me, it is, but, yeah. um, it just went by so quick weird but what what's next for um so what's the name of your um your, your business burnside insurance group um so big for short <laughs> okay. uh, it, it was kind of funny like you know uh, i was telling my wife like man I, this thing's got to be big it's got to be big and she's like well what are you going to name it and i was just like burnside insurance group that's big like that is and she was she's like that's just got to be god it's it's got to work right like that's got to be god um, so next steps is realistically, um, my daughter, it just came to work for me. My oldest daughter, who was 19, um, you know, she is, uh, in the process of getting her licensing. Um, so teaching her the ropes, showing her how the business works so that, uh, dad can continue to do some of the things that I excel at, like, you know, going out and being in the community, um, and allowing her to, to take over some of the day-to-day -day things here um, and then continuing to expand from there. Uh, you know, ultimately, I don't see selling insurance as the final thing for me. It's like the stepping stone I want to use my agency to acquire other agencies, um, you know, and, and streamline the processes and, and people, that type of thing. Uh, but ultimately, like, you know, wealth comes from real estate. So that's where the the eye is is planted is like okay, that's what we're looking at ultimately. Take this money and and branch into real estate and some other things. So, yeah, that's the yeah. Thing. yeah, no doubt, man. That's cool. Yeah, my uh, my fiance has been in the insurance game for mm -hmm. uh, a little over ten years. Okay, and she works uh, at a company called Market Scout, uh, based here in Dallas, and they have I think offices in like the UK. Uh, oh, and 
Correct me if I'm wrong, Courtney, if you're watching or listening. Um, <laughs> I think they may have have an office in the UK, or maybe they just have partners in the UK. I know they okay. have one in Chicago and then Florida or something. But uh, private, privately owned company, um, mm-hmm. and it's like more so high net worth um, absolutely clients or whatever. So you know, fine art. If they got some house up in LA that's worth a, a million bajillion dollars, they're yeah. like, let's see if we can insure uh, insure this. So. Um, you know, she, I mean, her, she'll kind of like talk to me sometimes about like the sexy side of what she does. And <laughs> there is a side that's not so sexy. <laughs> yeah. So, and she tells me that too. She's like, you know, I got to, you know, cause we talk about our daily lives. Like, Hey, how was right. work? How was your day? Would you go through? And one thing that she'll kind of, it's kind of cheesy, but I think it's kind of cool. We don't really do it too much anymore, but she's like, okay, Rose and Thorn. Uh, the first time she said that to me, I'm like, what? Like, I just got off, I just got off work. She's like, Rose and Thorn. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like nine o'clock when I got home because my schedule can be crazy sometimes. And she's like, okay, Rose, what was the best part of your th- of your of your day? And then Thorn, what was kind of right. like Worst maybe part. Yeah, exactly. So um yeah, she'll kind of tell me about certain things that she may have had to go through that particular day or whatever, and you know, that may have not been so sexy per se. And yeah. um, but I'm proud of her. She's dope, she's super cool, she's my rock. So if you're listening to this, Courtney, I love you. And, and congratulations on the engagement. Like it, it, it happened recently, right? Like it wasn't too long ago. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, appreciate that. Uh, yeah, so I did it. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I proposed on my birthday, actually. So I don't know if I've, I may have talked about it on the podcast before, but yeah, for everyone um, listening, I, I, I proposed to my fiance, now fiance, on my birthday, and people were like, you know who the fuck does that on their birthday? So That's smart, um, it's like you'll never forget the date you proposed. Like you know, exactly. So, too. Like <laughs> I but, literally, I have a friend that has his birthday and his anniversary on the same day, and I'm like, yo, that's ingenious, bro. Like you can never <laughs> ever forget your anniversary, dog. Like, yeah. Like, and you don't have the problem I just had when you're like, when'd you get married again? I'm like, and my anniversary was just a couple of days ago, and I'm still like, um. Oh shit! Well, happy, well, happy anniversary, happy belated yeah. anniversary, man. Yeah, so. man. It, it was literally August third, so like you know, it, so it's crazy that I'm sitting here and I can't remember exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, so it, it so it's funny how it happened though because I um I didn't plan on doing it on my birthday. That was mm-hmm. not even in, in the thought process. It just happened that way. It was very weird, but um, I was waiting on the ring to get rendered and. I think they took about like two months or whatever to kind of get it, get it rendered. And, um, I was like sweating the whole time that on my birthday (laughs) and we were, uh, at one point. So I did it at her dad's house. I did it in his backyard. Okay. And he has a pretty nice backyard. So I was like, Hey, can I use your backyard? You know, what I originally want to do is probably not going to work out because let me rewind a little bit because, Originally, I wanted to do it at this place called the Dallas Arboretum. So it's okay. like a like a, a place where you can go see a whole bunch of like you know nice flowers, plants, you know art, whatever. And in Dallas, it's hot. So I talk about how hot it is on this podcast a lot because you know what? It's super hot in Texas, y'all. And yeah. um, so a week prior to me um, proposing to her, I was uh, like, I, I hollered at one of my one of my buddies, like, "Hey, can you come up with me to the Arboretum?" I'm going to go check it out, kind of scope out a spot. And 
it was like 103 or something like that that day. And the humidity here is terrible. So I'm I'm in clothes kind of similar to this. And I got shorts on right now. You can't see it. But then I was wearing flip-flops. And I'm walking around like instantly just sweating. My sweat, yeah. Sweating everywhere. You know, I got swamp ass, all that stuff. So um, <laughs> so walking around. And these crazy motherfuckers that are actually at the Arboretum are having a, there's, they're having a wedding that day. And I'm like, what are y'all doing? In 103 degree heat. Yes. Oh. Yes. So I'm walking around. I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking in my mind, okay, so I'm going to have to, so we're, we're going out to eat on my birthday. So we're going to get dressed up. So if I'm going to go propose to her at the Arboretum and we're getting dressed up, nah, it's not going to happen. We're good. Mm. We're literally going to pass out from heat exhaustion. Yeah. So I was like, man, what am I going to do? Long story short, just did it in her uh, dad's backyard, and um, yeah, it was super cool. We went to this place called Carbone uh, that's based in, well, it's one of the three restaurants that's based in Dallas. Very, very good Italian food, and uh, it was so good. But um, but yeah, it's funny because like, it turned out to not really be so much of like my birthday that day. So it was kind of like a more of an afterthought because our friends that were with like, oh, oh yeah, Sean, happy birthday. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, hey, man, you know, yeah, yeah. Hey, man, you know, listen, you'll learn, man, like uh, that's going to be the, the norm going forward. <laughs> like you're the afterthought anyway. <laughs> well, that's the cool thing about, so Courtney <laughs> is, is my fiance's uh, name. And she, you know, that's the cool thing about her is like she, like for the wedding, you know, we have our uh, our wedding planner and stuff like that, and I want to be involved in like what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's not like she's she's very conscientious or aware of like how she's wording certain things. Like this is our wedding, you know. It's not just like my wedding. It's all about me. I'm a bridezilla, you know. So and she's right, very, right. And, you know, she's super dope about all that stuff. So um, yeah, that's, that's my cool. rant. That's my rant about weddings and. Engagements, no, you're, so. you're good if she if she wants to share in all of those responsibilities with you that's great because like my wife was like i don't want any parts of this like that's for <laughs> you you want plan the wedding uh, go ahead have fun she was like it, it's agitating and frustrating and all of those things so you know um my wife was kind of hands off on it but she made the important decisions right like what dress to wear you know mm. like <laughs> you know uh who we should invite, all that good stuff. Like, cause you know, for me, I would have invited the whole world and not cared. Like, yeah, what's well, an open invitation? And she was like, "Yeah, no, that's not how this works. Like, we'll go broke doing that. So yeah. that's not." Um, yeah, but- and, and that's and that's something that we've kind of been thinking about as well. Is like, you know, because I think max capacity at the venue that we're uh, deciding to use. I'm pretty positive we're gonna sign. A, I think we already signed a contract for it. Um, mm-hmm. I think we did it last night i don't remember I, was, I drank a little bit too much like i said before but you know it is what it is but um you know the venue i think can only hold like max 150 but then okay. we're like we're like what about so-and-so and what about this person we're like oh, you know because i want it to be a big party but at the same time it's like it's gonna be a lot of money i don't know if yeah. we can afford this listen bro so. like have the party later you can always invite all of those other people like just out somewhere like hey come celebrate with us we we did this thing you know yeah and those those people that don't understand that, like, oh, well, they'll get over it. Or they yeah. won't. Like, who cares? Like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, And that's one thing that, uh, you know, her and I have talked about quite a bit as well. And, you know, she's talked about, uh, well, she's talked to her her girlfriends as well. You know, at the end of the day, you have to do what's, what makes you happy. But, I mean, and, and, and to a degree, we kind of want to, We, I mean, 
I wouldn't say I'm a people pleaser because at the end of the day, I'm not. But, you know, if someone says they don't care about what people think, they're fucking lying. To a degree, yeah. you probably care. Yeah. We wouldn't have we wouldn't have social media or and I wouldn't be doing this podcast if I did. Right. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, um, you know, we're, we're always thinking about like, well, what about so and so? And what can we do with this and that? And blah, blah, blah. So, but I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to just get this venue locked in and start setting up everything. I'm so excited because um, <laughs> we were talking about it last night. Uh, you know, whoever we're, I guess the venue has, I forget exactly what it's called, but like you're, you're getting the, the bartenders from them. And I'm like, hey, can you get me a bottle of like George T. Stag? And we're like, well, <laughs> let's, let's see what, let's see what we can do. It'll probably be like a million dollars. And I'm like, well, okay. So, <laughs> so, so that's this always the scary thing about like the venues having to provide the bartender because then nine times out of 10, they also want to provide the liquor. And it's like, well, what do you have? Like, yeah. I don't drink just anything. That's a problem when we go out, right? Like, you know, we go to a restaurant or something and my wife is like, oh, I'm going to have a drink. And then they're like, would you like something, sir? And I'm like, you got a bourbon list? <laughs> and like, yeah. the, the bourbon list is like makers. Like, <laughs> like that's it. Like, they, we've got <laughs> makers. Uh, you know, we we have Jack Daniels. I'm like, nothing wrong with those two brands. It's just like, you know. It's, it's just different. It's not. It's for a different crowd. So. Yeah, it's like nothing else. Uh, so, you know, I get yeah. it. You know, you know, one thing about Dallas, man, is so are you you're familiar with who Fred Minnick is, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so and I don't I don't really know too much about the Ascot Awards, but excuse me. Um, I guess that's like I don't, some sort of like award show that that they do for spirits. They're like, hey, this is like whatever. But um, so Fred Minnick and then wh- whoever his team is or judges decided that. The Dallas Bourbon Club was the best bourbon club, I guess, in the nation or whatever, which I thought was super cool because and because da- dude, Dallas has some good spots to get some good bourbon. There okay. is, um, you know, shout out to Dallas Bourbon Club. I've never met any of the guys, but they seem like what they what they're doing seems very, very cool. Because um, I, I may have sent you a picture of a bottle that I had snagged yesterday. Uh, OKI. And actually, I think yes, I have it. you sent yeah. that one to me. Yes. Yeah, so I haven't opened it up yet, but it's this one right here. Um, it is a single barrel, or yeah, it's a single barrel from Dallas Bourbon Club. So you got the little sticker right there. You can't probably see it. That's cool. Well, but okay. anyways, OKI. Uh, I've never had it. I think it, that stands for Oklahoma, Kentucky, Indiana. So I guess it's a blend of whatever's from those different states. I don't really know, but um, super cool. Also, you got Roger Staubach on the back super random but um don't really know why that's there i'm a but, huge um, cowboys fan so that's okay oh okay cool so <laughs> nice uh they only had 200 bottles of this particular pick and i got in there and i got the one, one of the few of the last bottles and um anyways what they do seems very cool right. and you know a lot of the proceeds that or a lot of the bottles that they have that are single barrels at their specific store which i think is called medallion liquor in mm-hmm. uh, lake in lakewood is uh their proceeds go to certain charities because they a lot of the stuff that they do helps nonprofit or or, yeah, or maybe they're considered a nonprofit organization they they will donate their proceeds to whatever charity or whatever so i think that's pretty cool but anyways dude though like bourbon in this area it gets me so excited right. because it's there's just so much there's so much and the quality of it it's amazing and it, it like because i've always enjoyed bourbon but I don't know if I necessarily realized it until I moved here. 
because so whenever I moved in with um with my fiance, I started buying all these bottles. She's like, "Well, I didn't know I was going to have to store some bourbon. Like, what's going on?" And then just the other day. Got up to 129 bottles, and she's I like, I, asked you, I was like, how many bottles do you have now? <laughs> <laughs> so it's um, it's becoming it's becoming a problem. I need help, y'all. So, um, not really. But. Nah, nah. Keep it rocking, man. Keep it rocking. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah. I'm I'm excited to pop this one open. So, and 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 that's that's one thing that I really enjoy, which I wish I kind of had here was like the Akoi Cigar Lounge. Yeah. Being able to have that uh, that camaraderie with people. And being able to was, enjoy, you know, bottles like this with uh, with people. There is no uh, way that there is not a spot in Dallas that is similar. Like, I'm know, sure. Again, yeah. OCL is like, you know, of course, Cleveland is small town, right? Like, so it's not like it, it's not Dallas. Um, yeah. So the feel that you get at OCL is very different, um, you know, because it's, it's all walks of life in there, you know, all different income classes and, mm-hmm. you know, all that good stuff. Um, whereas Dallas, I would think it's probably a little more. You know those those things are probably separated a little more because of how big Dallas is as a yeah. city, right? It's yeah. a metropolitan area, um, and being a city kid, I understand how that dynamic works. Um, but it, there's there's got to be a spot, man. Like you know, I'm I'm sure I, I'm sure there is, and uh, you know it's it's weird to say, but like so I've been talking to this guy that lives in uh, Mansfield, Texas. Mm-hmm. So it's like I don't know halfway from to Fort Worth from here or whatever. And, um, he's friends with one of my fiance's employees and okay. she knew, she knew that I was like into bourbon. She's like, Hey, you need to hook up with uh, so-and-so. And I was like, okay, cool. And he was like, Hey man, uh, you need to come over sometime. I'll smoke some meat. We'll have like a bottle shared. I'm like, yes, let's do it. Because Absolutely. I don't, I I've never done that before. That's one thing I've never done. I've, ne- I've never done it. So I'm like, I mean, <laughs> I want I want to do that because I want to enjoy these bottles with certain people and right. you know it. But you know yeah. I tried to get you and I didn't realize I didn't realize that uh you you had moved to Dagon Texas because I hit you up on you know social media I was like look bro like I know you like bourbon we over here doing this you know like come through and you was like I would but I moved to Texas so <laughs> I was like oh okay too little yeah. too late. Yeah well no well I, I've so before I get married I think uh, I'm pretty sure. We're going to get married December 2023, but prior okay. to that, I, I want to come back to Cleveland, and a couple of spots I want to go to is Akoi Cigars. Absolutely. Um, definitely want to go there, and I'll, I'd like to link up with you, Luke, go over there, chill, whatever, yeah. and then uh, I want to go back to the Whiskey Thief. The, whi- the Whiskey Thief in Chattanooga is pretty dope. Um, yes. So there's, very, a, there's a new place cool. in Chattanooga. Um, I got to remember what it's called. It's underneath the pizza spot. God, what is it called? Anyway, they have the largest bourbon list in all of Chattanooga, over 300 bottles. Whoa, really? Yeah. Um, and, and me and my wife just went there like uh, a couple months ago. The The name of the pizza place is, uh, my God, why can I not think of this place? Great pizza. It, it's New York style pizza, which was right up my alley because I'm from New York originally. So New York okay. style pizza. Um, and then underneath they have like a speakeasy kind of, um, you know, bar with over 300 bourbons and like dude was making craft drinks. Like he made me a phenomenal old fashioned with E.H. Taylor. And normally I would never, ever do that. Yeah. But a, a friend of mine, you know, convinced me like, look, dude, like a classic drink, like, you know, a, uh, you know, 
an old fashioned is fine to put good bourbon in. And like, you know, you're not, you're not construing it with too many things. It's like when you start doing like Coke and bourbon, then it's a problem, right? Like get so, some pat, get some pappy and Coke. We're good to yeah, go. Yeah, Like, you know, it's <laughs> come on, man. Uh, but you know, he, he made me a old fashioned with EH Taylor, you know, with smoked wood chips, the whole nine yards. And I mean, it was, it was great. Um, you know, and, so there's a couple of places, man. When you come to town, we'll we'll do some stuff. My, like I said, our group. Um, we, as far as you're talking about, like the, um, you know, Dallas Bourbon Group, um, we have one here called the Chattanooga Bourbon Society, uh, okay. which we're all members of. And then my group specifically, our eight to ten member group, is uh, we're working on something called the Tennessee Cigars and Bourbon Society. Uh, so it's also going to be a nonprofit, 5013C. Um, so that's in the work where we're putting all of that stuff together now. So. Uh, you know, we can try to make an impact with with this group of dynamic people that we have because we've we've literally got insurance agents, mortgage brokers, financial advisors, IT people, you know, all kinds of things you can think about inside of our group. But will the photographer, you know, so a lot of different people that can bring something to the table. So um, we're looking forward to to that as well. So that should be coming in a couple of months. The site is already up, but still working on getting the, the actual nonprofit part. That's that's super cool, man. I'm I'm excited to kind of see where that goes. That's yeah, that's man. awesome. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, I'm gonna go ahead and cut it right here. I really appreciate you getting on. So until next time, everybody. Peace. <laughs>